What it do, baby? Yeah. Let's get right to it, okay? You know what it is over here. It's the Time to Jet Podcast, everybody. And you know who I am. I'm your host, Big Zoo. You're listening right now live on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever it is that you happen to be listening. Thank you for doing so. Please hit that subscribe. And of course, if you can, if you feel it in the kindness of your heart, to leave a little five-star rating or a comment, we appreciate it as always. You know, puts the food in the bowls. Keeps the dog fed, keeps us all happy over here. So appreciate you doing that. Appreciate you being with us, especially after another disastrous performance from this New York Jets defense. And I mean, listen, this game was a disaster early. There was a it was it was tough to watch going through the halftime and coming out in that third quarter. But Oof. I mean, there are some question marks on this team on, I mean, Zach Wilson now, even more so than before. And we'll get to that as we go on through the episode. But let me know what you think of this performance by this Jets team. Hit me up on the Twitter machine at Zubeard77. You know, I like, I love interacting with you guys. I like getting at it with you during the game with the post game. I like reading the best comments out right here live on the Time to Jets post-game podcast that we do after every game. So please hit that subscribe, of course, wherever it is that you are listening. And hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what you guys thought, I mean, of this performance overall and what you're thinking right now about this Jets team, what you're thinking about this Jets coaching staff. I mean, it's just bad right now. It is as bad as it could possibly get. And... It really started to look that way once you saw Mike White go down with an injury. He throws the touchdown pass to Elijah Moore. You know, you're feeling good. You're saying to yourself, all right, here we go. Here's another little Mike White game. He's going to give us something. This kid is finding guys open. He's got poise in the pocket. He's taking some big hits early. And then all of a sudden, you see him on the sideline holding his wrist, getting attended to by the team doctor, talking to the coaches, and you just realize, okay, this isn't going to be good. You see him start to throw the ball, and you realize, okay, this is bad. He goes to the medical tent, and that's it. Done for uh, Mike White on the night. Good night, Irene, to him. So once that happens, you kind of know that it's it's going to be a bad evening. And, I mean, watching Mike go down the way he did, having the pressure that he did from the defensive line of the Colts early on, you could just tell that this offensive line was completely, completely overmatched to start the game. They had no idea what they were doing. I mean, Morgan Moses at the right tackle all night was having fits. He was getting completely overwhelmed. I mean, DeForest Buckner was a complete game wrecker for the first four or five drives of this game for the Jets the entire first half, which is way too much to allow a guy to ruin your game plan and to ruin everything that you're doing as an offense. And, I mean... Because of the pressure, he's there, and he's the reason why Mike White hits his hand and hurts himself. The pressure leads to that injury. The pressure from that offensive line not being able to handle this defense, not being able to come out early and do what they needed to do in this game to keep their quarterback in it, they they failed. They failed once again to keep a quarterback in this game, and now the Jets are down to a third stringer in Josh Johnson and... You look at the way this defense is playing, and you realize 
this isn't going to be a good night for this Jets team. But I want to say, I want to take a second before I do speak about this defensive, I mean, I don't know if I should even call it a performance tonight because they were just kind of out there um, acting as a scout defense for this Colts team. But before I talk about them, I really want to talk about Mike White. And I just want to say it's a damn shame for this kid, for us Jet fans, for everybody involved in this situation, the organization as a whole, that he got hurt when he did because he was looking good. He was looking poised. He was doing all the things that you want to see a legitimate starting quarterback in this league do. And then to have him leave that game with an injury, with his future up in question now, because I mean, the ability to grip a ball is pretty big when you're a quarterback. So if you're unable to do that, it's going to be hard to play. This was his opportunity. This was potentially his career opportunity to make himself a starter in the NFL and to have it go that way, to have, you know, to look as good as you do and to just get hurt. It's a damn shame. And I really feel for the kid. I really hope that it's not something too serious. And hopefully maybe you see him out there versus Buffalo. Who knows? That's about a week and a half away, 10 days away before we have that pregame episode for you. Um, and I mean, I hope we're talking about Mike White that day and not talking about Josh Johnson or potentially Joe Flacco. And I definitely hope we're not talking about Zach Wilson coming back way too early from an injury and taking on a Buffalo defensive line that is going to be testing out that knee big time if Zach Wilson does play in that game. But those are all things we'll get to when we get to them. Right now, we got to dissect this abysmal game that we just watched and this abysmal defensive performance that we just watched from a team where we were supposed to believe that this defense was going to be way further along than this offense was going to be this season. And the fact of the matter, the fact of the matter is that through eight games now, this defense is terrible. This defense is a joke. Uh, they get run over pretty much at will when they are on the road. The secondary gets passed on for whatever the offense wants to do at any point in time. There is no cohesion with these D backs. But, I mean, you look at the top of this, you look at the head of the snake right now with this defense, you look at the head of the snake with this team, and it's Robert Sala. And Robert Sala to allow this team to look that bad defensively. I mean, listen, we're not just talking about, you know, they came out. The Colts ended up putting up a big number on them because they score a lot of garbage time points. No, the Colts came out and they scored touchdowns on six of the first seven drives. That's not points. Those are seven points, touchdowns on each of six of the first seven drives. Pathetic. And the one time they didn't score, they got stopped on the half-yard line. It's absolutely, absolutely astounding that they were able to keep them out that one time, and thankfully they were. Otherwise, we might be talking about this defense having another 50-burger hung on them in a season when the last time that it happened prior to this was 1995. We're talking about a historically bad Jets defense here. You, you look tonight, once again, over 500 yards for the Colts, 272 through the air, 260 on the ground, and like I said before, 
this offense was able to do whatever they wanted rushing the ball. Jonathan Taylor, 19 rushes, 172 yards, two catches, 28 yards, two touchdowns. The guy was absolutely unbelievable out there. You couldn't tackle him. He was cutting left and right, making guys look like idiots. He had that 80-yard touchdown where he didn't even get touched on it. He bursted through the line, didn't get touched, goes all the way to the end zone without even having a defender sniff him. It was probably the low point of the evening and where most of uh, most of you turned out. But, I mean, it got a little bit better for the offense from there on and definitely got better for the defense because uh, outside of a field goal, that was all the Colts scored tonight. But the problem is you gave up six touchdowns on the first seven drives of the game. You can't allow that to happen. You gave up 28 points in the first half, including a minute and 55, uh, you know, long drive to score at the end of the half to put the game at 28 to to, uh, 10. You know, at that point, you're looking like, all right, 21, 10 at the half. Not bad. Offense looks pretty good. You know, defense not doing great. But you know what? If they can get a stop here, maybe they could build some momentum. Nope. Not even a prayer. They go right into the half looking as bad as possible, and come out and the Colts get it, and again, they drive on them. This secondary looked pathetic. Um, Part of the reason for that is this defensive line, which I need to get to immediately. And, I mean, before the bye week, we were talking about this defensive line being the strong point of this Jets team. Not only this Jets defense, but this entire team. And to see where they are, you know, with that Pats game, with this game, they're just, they're pathetic. They have no consistency in the rush. They have no consistency in terms of just knowing what the hell they're supposed to be doing out there. They literally tonight were running perfectly into the blocks of the Colts, which I mean, in general, through the season, when you look at this Jets defensive line, they don't play the screen well. They don't play any any type of blocks that are just slightly a little bit more intelligent than a straight-up run or a pass. They don't play any of them well, and they get beat really, really bad on them. And that happened throughout the evening, on the run, on the pass. I mean, the, until the fourth quarter, they weren't moving Carson Wentz in the pocket. He wasn't even moving around. He was sitting there not having to worry about anything for upwards of four to five seconds. You can't allow that to happen and expect that you're going to get results. You can't allow that to happen and expect that your defense is going to have a decent day. When your defensive line is that terrible, that anemic when it comes to creating any type of pressure, getting into any type of gaps, stopping the run at all, I mean, you're just not going to have any success. And this defensive line is supposed to be better, and they absolutely have to be better. I don't know what the hell is going on with John Franklin Myers. I know he got credited for a sack today. That was on, I mean, kind of a Fugazi sack of Carson Wentz as he's running and gets tackled, you know, two yards behind the line of scrimmage, gets counted as a sack. But in reality, was it really? No. And that's the only sack the Jets got today. Other than that, there was barely any pressure on the quarterback, barely any QB hits outside of the one sack. I mean, got a little late pressure on him, but nothing through the first three quarters. 
And it's just, it, it, it's absolutely sad. Quinn and Williams is making, you know, a couple of nice little plays at the end of the game, but the game's already out of, out of reach. You know, why, where was this in the first quarter? Where was this in the second quarter? Where was this even in the third quarter? These guys, I mean, you can't just wake up for a quarter and a half and play lights out and expect to be like, okay, well, you know what, Quinn had a good game. Uh, John Franklin Myers, he had a good game because he was there for, you know, the end of the third to the fourth. It's it's not enough. And the D-line has kind of gotten a little bit of a break throughout the year because they were so good to start. But we need to start really putting it on them because if they don't play well, this secondary is going to continue to get exposed for how poor they play and how young they are and how bad overall they are. I mean, Ashton Davis is a joke. Ashton Davis is a really bad safety. In a, in a perfect world, he's a guy who's on your bench, who you use on special teams, and that's about it. But unfortunately, this Jets team doesn't have enough guys that are worth playing in the safety slot that you have Ashton Davis out there doing what he's doing. Marcus May, God bless him. I mean, unfortunately, it sounds like the guy is an Achilles tear and with everything that's going on with him, you know, you don't want to you don't want to add on to what's going on in life, but hopefully he's able to recover and get himself back on track once again. Another hurdle for Marcus May, and uh it's just it's just a shame for him, man. I feel I feel for the guy. But the corners, this is a bad bad group of corners. Bryce Hall is at best a guy that you would consider to be your second corner on a team. Michael Carter could still turn into a good slot corner in this league. He's young. He makes plays. Tonight was a terrible night for him. Eccles, again, awful night for him. I don't know what his future is in this league in terms of being a starter. I don't see it. I don't see him turning into anything, but he's getting all these reps now. Maybe it turns into something down the road. He just looks really lost out there a lot of the time. And then everybody else you have coming in throughout the game, it's just, it, it's not making a difference. And I get playing young guys to see, you know, change the culture, get get some of that old blood out of here, get some new dudes in here who want to prove themselves, who, you know, are ready to set a standard and ready to, you know, make a mark in the league. And you want to see, you want to give chances and, and whoever sticks, sticks. But you can't do that. You can't you can't do that in a season like this where you're throwing it away and now you're playing with a secondary where if we're being completely honest, there is nobody who is going to turn into a number one cornerback in this secondary. Not a single person. And there's probably, if you look at Marcus May and Ashton Davis, specifically now Marcus May is going to be out, but if you look at them starting tonight, I don't think either of those two are in the long-term plans of this defense. So... What exactly am I supposed to be watching? I'm watching Bryce Hall. I'm seeing him not turn into a number one corner. I'm, watch, I'm watching Michael Carter play 10 yards off of receivers and allow them to catch every single thing and then go for, you know, an extra five yards before he lays a massive hit on them. And I see the, the, the talent there. But, I mean, we're letting guys just get 15 yards eight yards every single catch because we're just playing so far off of them. And then the the lack of communication, the lack of knowledge of who the hell you have 
in terms of man defense was a joke tonight. So many guys were just running wide open all over the field, and that's unacceptable as well. But this 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 performance or lack thereof from this Jets defense tonight, that's the story. That's what you need to look at. That's what you need to circle in on if you're a Jets fan dissecting this because this is supposed to be a better defensive team, and they are terrible. They are absolutely, unequivocally an awful defense in this league right now. And Robert Sala, Jeff Ulbrich should be ashamed of themselves because they came into this job, they came into this franchise, and they were you know, touted and supposed to be defensive geniuses. And you know what they are? They're doing nothing with anything that they have. They are playing terrible. They set themselves up for failure by not bringing in proper players. They set themselves up to have no success this year by only having rookies in that secondary. And Bryce Hall, who essentially is a rookie, you're just, it's it's a terrible, terrible job by them. Very arrogant, once again, decision to play with so many young guys. But they think that these are guys that are going to be here for the long term. I have a very hard time believing Brandon Eccles is going to be starting on this team again next season. I have a very hard time believing that. So when I'm watching these guys out here playing, I have a lot of questions that I'm asking about the formation of this team by Joe Douglas, and how they're playing with Robert Sala running the defense with Jeff Ulbrich. It's an absolute joke. It's an absolute abysmal performance. And if this happens again, I mean, we're talking about three games, maybe more, where the other team's offense is putting up 500-plus yards on you and potentially 45-plus points again. You can't have that happen four times in a season and expect to keep your defensive coordinator around and expect to have most of these defensive guys back. That's not how you build a culture. That's not how you change a culture. That's how you set your culture back. That's how you make your team suck. That's how you set your franchise back years. That's how you continue to lose. You build a culture of losing once again by not even caring about winning and losing so bad that the guys that are here get nothing, nothing out of these performances. Nothing at all. This is another waste of a game. Absolutely wasted game. And if you want me to be completely honest with you, the offense isn't to blame at all. It wasn't a wasted game for them. It's a wasted game for your defense that you're developing. And your defense that's supposed to be ahead of your offense. Your offense that doesn't have its rookie quarterback who's supposed to be a stud. Your offense who is running now without Mike White who is supposed to be a stud. Your offense who has Josh Johnson who is a journeyman quarterback in this league who has been in this league since I was in middle school. I am cur- I graduated college in 2017, four years straight out of West Virginia. Give me some props for that. But still... I'm out of college since 2017. This dude was in the league when I was in middle school, and he has only started eight games. You got to give your credit to Josh Johnson for that. And you know what? You got to give your credit for him for what he did out there tonight. 27 of 41, 317, two tutties, one pick, and that pick, you know, it's a tip. It's at the goal line. It's tough at the end of the game. I don't, I don't put it too much on him, and, and you can see how disappointed he was with it because, I mean, this was his moment. The guy's an old quarterback in this league. He knows he's not going to be the starter for any team going forward. He knows he's not going to get this opportunity to be the guy, 
But today was his chance. Today was his chance to go out there and win a game as an NFL quarterback. And unfortunately, he fell a little short in the end, and you got to feel for the guy with that. Especially when you consider everything involved, and it's probably his last opportunity. But shout-outs to Josh Johnson. He balled out there today and kind of gave us some more questions on uh, Zach Wilson, which I'll get to in a little bit. But I want to shout-out Michael Carter. Once again, solid performance. 13 carries, 49 yards, had one catch, 37 yards. Ends up going for a total of 86 yards and another nice game for him as he continues to develop and we continue to watch him grow as a running back, as a player in this league. And the one guy that we really wanted to see something big from today had a huge day, and that was Elijah Moore. Seven catches, 84 yards, two touchdowns, first touchdown in the league, first multi-touchdown game, big day for Elijah. I mean, you got to feel good watching him play do what he was doing out there. It was nice to see him be explosive. It was nice to see him losing some corners at times. It was just nice to see him making plays and making catches. You know, eight targets, seven catches. It's a solid little number right there. No drops. Good day. I'll uh, I'll take that from Elijah Moore 10 times out of 10. And this is just, uh, I think, something that'll show us a little more to come, hopefully. Hopefully going forward. But... Good day for Elijah. Good to build off of, you know, even though it was a dumpster fire overall for this team. And a dumpster fire of a day it was for one other receiver on this team, and that is one Denzel Mims, who, I mean, listen, we were touting him coming into the game. We were trying to give him a lot of of love, a lot of credit, a lot of opportunity here to step up and be the dude, but he, he blew it. He was terrible. He made... Countless drops in big situations and continuing all the way through the end of the game. And I mean, watching him out there, he just looked lost at times. And he had the drop in the end zone last week that we were willing to look past because the team ends up winning. And, you know, he had a couple other plays that he made up for it. But you know what? It was awful. It was it was an awful performance from Mims. And that's why he wasn't playing earlier in the year. And that's why he's not going to get the same type of opportunities going forward. Um, It sucks. That's a second-round pick, and that's a second-round pick that's a dud. He he is. He just he's just not that guy. He won't be that guy for us at least. And I'm I'm ready to move past Denzel Mims. This game, last game, that that's really enough for me. These are guys getting him the ball, putting the ball on the money. He's just trying to catch it with his his body every single time. The guy can't catch with his hands. He's catching with his chest. That's why he's dropping so many. That's why he's not making plays. That's not a guy who should be receiving the football in the NFL. Just facts of life right there. Facts of the game. Um, But I don't want to crush Denzel too much because this was really a defensive disaster. And we should focus in on them. But let me get to your... Let me get to your thoughts right here, as I like to do on the post game, by hitting up the Twitter machine, where you can always get at me, at Zubeard77. Hit me up on there. I always love to get back to you guys. I love interacting on there and uh, letting you know what I think after the post games, and uh, I like to hear what you all think as well. So let's start out hot with the man, the one, the only, 
Mr. Joe in Clark. And Joe hits me with Zoo. Last 11 quarters. This was during the third quarter. 127 points. Salah is not the right coach. Need a new one. And we kind of just spoke about that. Salah needs to get his act together ASAP. Having two games like this over the course of three, one in New England, one here now in Indianapolis, you, you just you can't afford to have a third and potentially even a fourth, and you haven't even played the best offensive teams that are on your schedule yet. You haven't played the Bills. You haven't played the Buccaneers. This could get really, really nasty for this Jets defense going forward if they're not able to figure it out and figure it out soon. And that falls upon the shoulders of Robert Sala and Jeff Ulbrich. And if Jeff Ulbrich isn't getting the job done, then Robert Sala is going to need to take over that defense because he can't let this happen because it is a reflection completely on him as a defensive-minded head coach and a man who cut his teeth in this game by coaching defense. You can't allow that to happen. All right, next up, Brandon Bennett hits me. Dude, Brandon from the Bronx. How do the odds guys pick the spread for the Jets? Did they know White would get hurt? Jets D would suck. Wentz would look like a star. Hines would run like White through last week. Made a bet on my G-Men to win two weeks ago and won, but this is why I don't bet. I agree with you, man. This is craziness. It's crazy stuff. You look at the game in general and just certain plays, certain officiating times, and, yeah, there are definitely questionable moments. I mean, in a game like tonight, it's more about the injuries, more about the craziness of what's happening, and, yeah. I mean, 10 points ended up being a decent spread when it's all said and done because of how the Jets finished that game. But if we're being honest, this game shouldn't have been that close. It shouldn't have been that close at all. And that's just another reason to, you know, make a, you know, question it a little bit. But, hey, that's 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 why we all do it, right? It's fun, we enjoy it, and we understand the risks we take when we do gamble. So if you, if you are somebody who gambles, please, please don't use any money that you don't have. Understand that it is a risk, and you should, you know, try to do so responsibly. And I know that's not something easy to tell. You know, it's easier said than done, but for your sake, for everybody's sake in your life, please, you know, just make sure that you are gambling responsibly and you are taking the time to understand what you're doing when you are placing a bet, especially as things continue to get legal throughout this country, uh, in in America here and, you know, across the world too. So wherever you are, be safe, be smart, do things the right way. And uh, Brandon, I can't I can't disagree with you on that point. Shadow sixty three. Here we go. Okay, right now it's embarrassing being a Giant fan. Then I realize that at least I'm not a Jeff fan. Suddenly I feel better. You know what? That hurts, bro. That really hurts, man. But <laughs> as a fan of the Jets, it really doesn't feel like it gets much worse than being a fan. So a fan of the Jets, and um, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> So there you go, Shadow. Uh, Kevin Lynch, this organiz- or the organization has zero idea what they're doing, and Woody Johnson should sell the team. Yup, and yup. <laughs> Very easy there, Kev. Appreciate you laying those out, but I 100% agree with you. 
Uh, Bruce Ator, short week came at bad time. But if the Jets can get healthy, they'll annoyingly win games late in the season and get a worse pick. Classic Jet Giant move. No tanking in New York. Unfortunately, Bruce Ator, I have to agree with you. Um, <laughs> oh, God, you're right. They are going to win a couple of games here in the next couple of weeks, too. Because the schedule sucks in a couple of weeks. You're going to get Miami at home. That's a potential win. You're going to get Houston on the road. That's a potential win. You're going to get Philly at home. And if Philly you know, doesn't show up that week, that's a potential win. You get Jacksonville at home. That's a potential win. Or at least these are games that you figure the Jets will be competitive in. But who knows? I mean, we've seen them show up and give us duds many and many a times before this year. So they could come out and suck against these teams. But... Those are the games that you should expect them to be in, and there are a couple of them that are going to end up taking us from being a top-five pick and probably being close to a seven or an eight pick when it's all said and done. And that's that's just if that is very classic Jets, if I do say so myself. Uh, Frankie D, CJ, earning that dough tonight. I mean, bro, he was out there, that's for sure. Uh, as bad as this defense was, he he was out there. Reeve hits me with the, this is so depressing, I can't even take flight. <laughs> Reeve, man, bro, it was, it was a disaster, man, and I feel you for real, for real. I, I just, I don't know what else this team can do right now to get better. I, I, I don't understand where they are. I don't understand what the hell they see in this season why they think there is any type of learning going on here there's not there's no culture building when you're getting your ass kicked like this week in and week out and you're not playing your young quarterback it's just a lot man there is a lot next up and this will be the uh the final comment here before i get into my three takeaways of the game but curtis plunkett hits me up and this is i mean i gotta talk about this for a second but Zach Wilson needs to step up. Both backups dropping three TDs each and 30-plus points the last two weeks, and I'll also add to that 300-plus yards, is a big eye-opener for him. Needs to wake TF up. And if you know TF, I was about to say it, and I was like, wait, let me key, let, let me make sure we leave that, uh, that F on out of there. <laughs> but I feel you, man. This was a bad indictment on Zach Wilson today. To watch Josh Johnson, a guy who is Josh Johnson, and I mean, we we, we were having fun before Mike White played, going Mike White, you know, this is Mike White. But Josh Johnson is legitimately a veter, uh, journeyman quarterback who has been around this league, who barely has ever played. And when he has played, he hasn't really had the most success, even when he was younger. So for him to come in, and step into this offense and have that type of success tonight, that's very, very impressive. And it says something about Zach Wilson not being able to run this offense. And what the hell is he going to be able to do for this team if he can't run this offense going forward? But let me know what you think about that. Hit me up on the Twitter machine, as always, at Zubeard77. 
And I'll, I try to get back to you guys. I love being interactive on there. It's a fun time. But uh, also want to quickly remind you, um, you know, hit that subscribe button, Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever it is you happen to be listening. Leave that five-star review. Appreciate you as always. Thank you for being with us on this brutal, brutal performance from the Jets once again. But three takeaways from the game that you can feel solid in knowing or maybe depressed in knowing. I'm a little depressed to have these be my three takeaways, but let alone they are the three takeaways of the game. Number one, the secondary sucks. This is a bad group of players. They're not just young. They aren't talented. They aren't good. They aren't good press coverage players. They're barely good zone players. Michael Carter is really the only guy that I see being on this team for more than three seasons. And I mean, we all know the Jets don't sign their draft picks. So after that, he'll probably go somewhere and become an all pro level cornerback. But until then, I think we'll see Michael Carter develop in that secondary. Bryce Hall is a second corner at best in this league. Brandon Eccles is not very good. Marcus May ter- possibly tears his Achilles out for the year. But even before that, he's not part of the future. Ashton Davis is terrible also. He's not part of the future. This is a bad secondary, a really bad secondary that was being helped out by an above-average defensive line the past cover- the, the first couple of weeks of the season. And now that defensive line isn't playing good, and you're seeing exactly how untalented and bad this secondary is. Second takeaway. <laughs> Second is a big uh, big word in the first part of this uh, takeaways. Second takeaway, Mike LaFleur is competent. And I can't believe I'm saying that, but Mike LaFleur is a competent offensive coordinator who when he has a quarterback who understands how to run the system and is capable of running this system, it looks pretty damn good. I mean, they're moving the ball. They're scoring points. They've scored 30 points both of the last two games with their second stringer and now third stringer in there. And both of those guys have thrown over 300 yards in those games. Say what you will about Zach Wilson not having people here. Say what you will about Zach Wilson not having the system be set to him. I'm done with that. I'm done with that narrative. I'm done with that belief. Zach Wilson needs to look at this and have a little bit of, uh, you know, cojones, have a little bit of balls to step up and make himself a better quarterback, to make himself fit this system. Because right now, Mike White is a way better quarterback than he is. Right now, Josh Johnson is a much better quarterback than he is. And there is no reason that should be the case. Absolutely zero. There is too much talent in the arm of Zach Wilson for him to not be having this same success that these guys are having in this in this offense. It's just, there's no reason for it. And that leads me to my third and final takeaway, and that is Zach Wilson is the only quarterback on the Jets who cannot operate this system. He's the only one. And it's, it's an actual joke. It's pathetic. He should have some pride in himself. He should feel ashamed of how bad he looked through those first five weeks, six weeks of the season, six games of the season, he should feel ashamed. That was terrible. 
And to see what these guys are doing now, I get it. They've been in the league a little longer. They're not anywhere near as talented as Zach Wilson is. That's just plain and simple. Zach Wilson can do things that not very many guys can do in this league. He just can't do the easy things. At least he can't right now. And, I mean, listen, these are two games that are now on tape that Zach has been able to sit and watch and see, okay, this offense is successful when we do these things. Let me start to do them. Hopefully that happens and you see him come out maybe against Miami, maybe against Houston, and have a good game and have a game like we're seeing, you know, Mike White have and Josh Johnson have. Because I'll tell you right now, if he doesn't, this thing is not going to work out. It's, it's just not. It's that, it's that plain and simple because this is a very easy offense to run. You've seen two quarterbacks who haven't had success in this league go out there and throw for career highs and career games. And life, life games. Like, I mean, these are moments in these guys' lives that they're having out there. Zach Wilson has to be better. He has to. Whenever he gets back from this, he needs to fit this offense, and he needs to make himself fit this offense. No ifs, no ands, no buts. Done with the excuses. You got to be better, Zach. But overall, pathetic game today out of the Jets once again. Questions continue to rise on this coaching staff. This defense is not very good at all, which is, I mean, appalling to say the least. And I hate to leave you like this, but we're on a, we're on a down note. We are on a very, very down note right now, and I don't know what to do. But I think you guys do know we're not going to have a Sunday episode this week. I'm going to get you something early on next week before we get back to the regularly scheduled programming on wednesday so please hit that subscribe so you'll be notified when the next episode does go up follow me on twitter at zoobeard 77 you know always hit me with those jets thoughts always let me know what you're thinking about you know just in general if you have any movie suggestions i'm always open to that also hit me up on that twitter though at zoobeard 77 um but yeah guys until the next time we talk most likely on monday i must uh i must be good i must be on my way and um, it's time for me to jet on out of here and go to sleep because it's getting pretty late and I'm starting to not even put words together at this point. So I will bid you adieu. Peace.